0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cigars and Syndication. I'm here with uh, Jay Noor, uh, my co-host, and uh, today we're uh, passionate about real estate, we're passionate about cigars, and hopefully we can share a little bit of that with you guys today. Um, Today we're smoking the Xeno Platinum Executive or Exclusive Series, uh, and it was made specifically for Casa de Mano Cristo Chicago.
1: Yeah, I really like this... uh... I really like this cigar, Robbie. Um, I get a little bit of spice uh, but it's kind of interesting though I don't get the spice in the back of my throat. I get the spice on the on my palate. I get some coffee, I get a little bit of nut, a little bit of chocolate, not a lot of chocolate,
0: but this is a very good smoke. Yeah, no, I totally agree that the spice is really the is the most prevalent for me as well and it's definitely a creamy uh, it's a really good draw. I'm really liking this uh, this smoke. It's a, a Ecuadorian wrapper with a Dominican uh, binder and filler. Uh, this is a double Robusto that we're smoking today. It's a, a uh, 5.5, uh, 54 ring.
1: Well, Robbie, uh, like you said, we're we're very passionate about cigars, and we're very passionate about real estate. And today we're going to start talking about um uh, a good deal. What is a good deal, and how to look for a good deal in in investing in real estate? And I don't, the last episode, uh, which was episode ten, our tenth episode, uh, was talking about a bad deal and the the, the characteristics of a bad deal. Today, we're going to start talking about a good deal. So, some of the good deals that that you've seen, or some of the qualities of a good deal. What what have you seen?
0: Well, what I kind of look for is, and, and each deal can be unique and each types of, of deals and, and even within the real estate market are a little bit unique. And, and you know, I try to to establish a precedence in, in those particular type of projects and, and look for, you know, similar returns on IRR, similar cash on cash, similar cash flow, uh, and and looking for the, the, the groups that do it repetitively over and over again.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Um the the uh, track record is very important uh, of people who have done it uh, and who have done it over and over again. But also what I also look for is not just a track record, uh, but I also look for transparency. A lot of times what I found is that I will invest with a group uh, or a person who has done a lot of investments for themselves But they're not really good at providing information to outside investors because in the past, they never had to answer to anybody but themselves. So now you have these outside investors and they still are acting like there are no outside investors and they're not responsible or they're not accountable to anybody else. So transparency and reporting is something that I really look for.
0: I I mean, you hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, I think transparency is... is above all else, um, them being clear, uh, with regards to all of the information, all of the numbers, uh, it, it really does, um, it does mean a lot and, and it kind of displays their honesty out there to show everything you got, uh, whether it's good or bad, um, and, and try to try to find someone that's, done it multiple times successfully, and, and they're transparent with where the money's going, how the LPs are getting paid, how the GPs are getting paid, um, all the equity and, and, and debt portions of the project um, are key. I, I think transparency is probably my most important uh, factor.
1: So the first thing I look at is the PPM. Um which is also known as the private placement memorandum. And, uh, you know, the private placement memorandum could be 50 pages. A lot of it is legal, legalese. Uh, But the key things that I look out for in the PPM is uh, what is the general partner getting paid, how they get paid, when they get paid, what are their hurdles, what are their incentives, what else can they dip into, because everything that the general partner takes takes away from the from myself as the investor or the limited partner. Uh, and on the flip side, when I'm the general partner, uh, we you know we basically are very transparent and we tell them exactly what we're going to be uh, getting in the deal. We put everything on the table and uh, we want our investors to know this is what we're getting at the beginning of the deal, throughout the deal and at the end of the deal. And we want our investors to always be comfortable with that. So the PPM is a very good place to start, uh, just just to be able to to verify what your your general partner is telling you.
0: Yeah, no, I do. I agree. Uh, totally worth reading through that. There's a lot of legal jargon in there, and probably pretty painful to read it. And and you may even want to to submit it to your legal or your attorney uh, to go through it and make sure that that you're protected and your money's in a good spot. Um, I know that it's important to know uh, your partners, and and Jay and I have been presented with a couple opportunities where uh, we weren't going to be a GP or a co GP. We were looking at it only from an LP side, and and you know this one group had a, a property that they had just acquired for a million dollars, um, and then they were trying to sell it to the new LLC for five million. Um they were very transparent about it. It didn't sit well with us as as investors. Um but the transparency was there. They weren't trying to hide the fact. They were open about it. Um and you know whether or not it, it could appraise for for that amount or not, you know, we kind of backed off from the deal. We kind of thought that that kind of just showed that maybe they were a little bit greedy and maybe they wanted too much um and and maybe these guys weren't going to be good partners. But that was just a personal experience that, that Jay and I had with something um that you know, transparency was there. It just wasn't. Still, not a good deal for us. Now, I'll tell you a story about uh, an investment
1: that I got into uh, a while back. This was maybe three, four years ago. Uh, I became a limited partner in a multifamily property, and the transparency was great. the The communication was great. Um, in the from the coming from the GP, uh, the uh, um, uh, reporting so they were reporting every month to us. And then what happened was that we wound up selling that multifamily property and doing a 1031 exchange into a new property. Well, when we got the new property, the GP and their partnership kind of dissolved in that one of the partners walked away and the the one GP was left. Well, the one GP stopped communicating with us. We barely get now, we're 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 still in that deal. But we are not getting any cash flow. We're not getting any accounting. We get, we barely get an accounting once a year. And his excuse is, oh, my accountant quit. Well, I mean, you collect GP fees, you need to hire an accountant. That's None of that is our, our problem. So that can also happen. And your PPM should really dictate what your rights are as an investor or when you get together as a group of investors. Um. Uh what your rights are against that g p should something like this happen
0: yeah i think um I think all those are really good points and and I think that um there's there's quite a bit of information that you can you can gather ahead of time and do your due diligence and and invest a lot of time in you know. Searching your, your partner's history or your potential partner's history. You know, who are you going to do these projects with? How are, how have they been in the past? Uh, do they offer a pay schedule? Do they give you some idea of, of when you're going to be getting these money? What's your cash flow look like? And And if they do miss a target you know, are they preactive or are proactive? Do they contact you and say, look, we're going to miss this because of this, or we're going to miss this because we closed a month late, or we're going to miss this because of a permitting issue. But as long as they're giving you the communication and they just don't skip over it and you don't hear anything, you know, some of those are some some red flags to look for. Uh, but as long as it's all transparent uh, and they communicate with you, you know, those are the types of partners you're looking for.
1: Another thing that I look for, uh in, in the qualities of a good deal is cash flow and exit strategy. Uh, the, the general partner who I'm putting my money with needs to have a clear exit strategy. They need to have a backup exit strategy in the event that the exit strategy that we have originally planned for in their business plan does not work. And then cash flow, right? How often am I getting my money now? We do a lot of development deals. So in a development deal, there is no cash flow until the development is done. That could typically be three years, but in a value add, uh, there are some some uh, uh, GPs who will give um, cash uh, distributions once a year. Some of them will give once a quarter. Some of them will even give once a month. You know, and people are very happy when they get them once a month. Uh, I know it's a lot more work from the GP side doing all the uh, cutting, all the checks, and everything. But you know, a good deal is. Somebody who's done it uh, and, and I think that becomes the most important aspect, right? They can promise you the world they can promise you 30 percent returns and they can promise you monthly cash distributions and oh we're going to exit for three times what you know uh, equity. but how many of these have you done where you have actually exited and you've actually provided cash flow? if you haven't done them, then how do we know you can?
0: Well, Jay, I'm going to cut back to this, um, this exclusive series. You know, it's a, it's a really good smoke. Um, it's got a really good burn, good draw. I would say it's probably like a medium bodied, uh, smoke, um, a really easy smoke. Uh, you could probably pair it with a, with a lighter, a lighter wine or, or something like that. Maybe a lighter dinner, um. But but uh, I'm really enjoying this, and the spice is just intensifying as, as I get a little further down on this cigar.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, it's kind of mellowing for me. The spice is, uh, hmm, it's interesting because the palates are different. Uh, the spice is kind of mellowing for me. I do get a little bit more coffee. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Zeno is made by Davidoff. It is a Davidoff brand.
0: Yeah. in anything Davidoff makes is usually a pretty good quality smoke. Um, I've really not been disappointed by any of their smokes and, and this Zeno is no exception. Really, um, really a good smoke. I think, um, mine's burning pretty fast. I would say probably a, a 45 minute to an hour smoke. Um, but, uh, but overall so far, uh, really, really enjoying this. It's a good, it's a good one. So
1: Robbie, um, I always also want to see a business plan when I'm looking at a, a deal as to whether it's good or not, and usually the good deals will have a very clear and concise business plan. so business plan meaning if it's a value add, this is where the property is right now, this is where it's going to be and this is how long it's gonna take. this is what it's gonna cost and this is and and what what the value that is going to be added. At the end of this process, so usually they'll put a very clear business plan together, uh, with uh, with numbers backing uh, the demographics of the area, the market, the rental rates, the rental growth, um, and um, you know it won't be, you know, it won't be where like conversely a bad business plan where you know somebody will just have, will hand you a piece of paper and say, yeah, don't worry about it, I, I got it, it'll be it'll be
0: fine, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. To me, the business plan is the story that the GP wants to tell, and I think you can use it along the way for for markers as your project progresses. And and I think that that it should be a really close representation to what you're putting your money into. And so, somebody that approaches you and and they've got a really well thought out business plan, uh, to me, that's a really good indicator that you know this is this is worth investigating a little further. The other thing that I also
1: look at is uh, that a lot of people don't talk about is the debt. You know, what is the what is the interest rate? What kind of debt is it? Is it uh is it a variable rate? Uh, is it a fixed rate? Uh is it interest only? Is it principal interest? If it's interest only, how long is it interest only for? Because lots of times uh in a bad deal I've seen where the GP will Will pull you in by showing you cash flow with a uh, of, uh, of a variable rate interest only note, and then twelve months or twenty four months, it it shifts to a a principal and interest with a higher rate. So how does that affect cash flow? And your GP should be able to put that all on the table and say, hey, you know, um, we have a variable rate uh, interest uh, a loan that we're going to do, but we're going to buy cap insurance so that. We're capped as to how high that variable interest rate can go, especially given this environment where the Fed keeps raising rates every quarter.
0: Yeah, I think that capped interest rate is, um, is a a instrument that that should be used in this environment and i really um really gives you some comfort or gives me comfort you know not everybody some people are looking more for the the dollars and cents of it but but i think to cap the interest rate right now is is invaluable and i think that it's a little bit of of money spent now that can save you a lot of money later
1: also again this goes back to the um the integrity of your gp right um uh, they will tell you about issues that are going on that are not good, uh they won't they won't just give you, they won't just paint you a rosy picture. So for example, during COVID, uh a lot of my my GPs, uh the the investments that I have as a limited partner, the GPs came out and said, hey, look, you know, 10% or 5% or whatever percentage of our tenants lost their jobs. They can't pay their rent. We're going to We're going to make an adjustment to our cash flow. And unfortunately, your cash distributions will have to come down as a result because most all jurisdictions had passed laws that you can't evict the tenants for not paying rent and people had lost their jobs. So they weren't paying rent either. That's, you know, that's one of those fluke events where no one can do anything about it, but I appreciate the information and I appreciate knowing that, well, I won't be getting a distribution next quarter, maybe next two quarters, maybe next three quarters,
0: but that's okay. You know, we know what's going on, you know, and I think another aspect of that is no one, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about really knowing your partner. And to me, I like localized partners or, or I like people and partners with experience in local markets. And I think that that's a big indicator to me, you know, that, that this group is, uh, knowledgeable about the market, knowledgeable about property values, and and, and have contacts with realtors and contacts with buyers and, and things like that, tend to go a little smoother with people that are located or are very familiar with, you know, your, your cities and towns, wherever these projects may be taking place.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons, um, you know, we as Albany Park Capital, uh, as the capital raising arm for our development deals, we like to stay in and around Houston because we know the demographics, we know the market, we know where things are going, and where where, where which areas are are expanding and which areas are constra- are contracting. Um, you know, when if you get a partner who has one deal in Houston and another deal in Tennessee and another deal in Michigan, not that that's bad, that could be good. They may know how to run it, but you have to know that they understand how to run those three deals.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, it gets back to people and, and Albany park capital is in Houston and and focusing in Houston. However, you know, we're going to grow and expand as we get opportunities to bring on additional partners that are experts in their given markets. So those are some
1: of the basic qualities that we look for in a good deal. If you look at episode 10 of, of uh, cigars and syndications, we did basic qualities of a bad deal. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed the show today. I really enjoyed this Xenoplatinum. What do you what do you think about this uh so far?
0: As I'm catching up with you, this uh is definitely getting more mellow, really smooth. Um, I think I'll be smoking this to the nub.
1: <laughs> well, like I said before, I'm I'm really here for the cigars. Um the the syndication portion is just you know, an add on thing. But anyway, if you need more information, please visit our website, albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources tab. And we have a lot of articles. We have an article about bad deals. We'll put up an article about good deals. Uh, Please leave us any kind of uh, comments that you may have. We'd love to hear from you good, bad or otherwise. If there's some cigar that you'd like us to review, or if there's a topic in the real estate market that you'd like us to, to cover, We would love to hear from you and follow us on our social media. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thank you.